Welcome to Hooked. I'm Rachel, your guide through the perplexing and sometimes deadly world of internet catfishing. Why do people catfish? And how many lies can they tell before they get caught? Stick around to find out in this week's episode of Hooked. A surprising number of murders happen in Alaska. In 2018, Alaska had the third highest murder rate in the nation, behind only Louisiana and Missouri, which is impressive because Alaska has millions fewer people than those other states. In fact, the entire state of Alaska holds fewer people than most major cities. And so it was easy for teenagers Cynthia Hoffman and Denali Bremen to find one another at their high school in Anchorage. The two stuck together all through secondary school, and Cynthia, also known as Cece, posted a lot of pictures of the two of them on her Instagram, captioned with things like, my BFF. They went to football games and school dances together, and Cynthia thought they would be friends for life. Unfortunately, not only was Cynthia's life cut short, but her death was at the hands of her best friend. After the girls graduated from high school in 2018, they both stayed local. Cynthia earned money by working for her dad, who was a handyman. Cynthia had a developmental disability, and at 19 was intellectually at about a 7th grade level. Jobs with a boss besides her dad could be stressful. But working for Timothy Hoffman was a great occupation for Cynthia because not only did she get to hang out with her dad and earn money, but she loved all the odd jobs they did around town. Timothy referred to his daughter as his right-hand man. So when Cynthia didn't arrive to pick up her paycheck on June 2nd, 2019, her dad got worried. He'd tried to call her all day, and she wasn't picking up her phone. This was against family rules. Timothy had told all of his children that any time he called them, they had to pick up or lose their phone privileges. But Cynthia was 19. She'd never rebelled before, but maybe now was the time. When she wasn't home on the 3rd, though, Timothy notified the police. Because of Cynthia's disability, she was classified as an endangered missing person, and the police got to work searching immediately. Timothy went on his own search, driving his motorcycle through the woods and bike paths. No trace of Cynthia. In between searches, he was texting with Denali. Except, for reasons I never found in my research, Timothy didn't know Denali by her real name. He knew her as Angela. According to Angela, she'd been hanging out with Cynthia the night she disappeared. She said she, Cynthia, and their friend Caden were smoking weed on a local hiking trail, but after that, she and Caden had dropped Cynthia off at a park near her house, and that was the last time they saw her. I hope she comes home safely, Denali texted to Timothy. She's my best friend. Denali Bremen hadn't had an easy childhood. Her two older sisters, Rebecca and Brenna, would later tell the media that all three of them had been abused by their mother and had been removed from her care several times. There had been a fourth sister, Gabrielle, whom one of the mother's boyfriends had killed when Gabrielle was two months old. All of the surviving sisters were eventually adopted, and Denali was very young when it happened, but not so young that she didn't remember some of what had happened to her. While Rebecca and Brenna have worked hard to to move past their trauma, it seems Denali was still in the thick of it. We all had really hard, but I feel like she took the the wrong road with the wrong people who didn't care about her. Who were these wrong people? Well, there were a few of them. There was that guy Caden Denali had mentioned to Timothy. Caden McIntosh was a local 16-year-old who was homeless. And then there was Denali's internet boyfriend, Tyler. Tyler was a 20-year-old guy from Kansas, and like the rest of your everyday 20-somethings, he was a millionaire. 
He promised Denali, whom he knew online as Angel, that when they were finally able to meet in person and have a face-to-face relationship, he would share his wealth with her. Tyler was into porn, but not like most people are into porn. He was really into it, to the point where he sometimes directed people in how to film it from the comfort of his home. His favorite subjects? Children, preferably between the ages of a few months old to 14. He asked Denali if she would be willing to trap someone from Alaska, sexually assault them, and send him pictures and videos. As far as the evidence that was found later shows, the victim Denali assaulted was 15 years old. Tyler had asked for an 8- or 9-year-old, but it would have to do. She sent him videos and pictures of the assault over Snapchat as it was happening. In her phone, Tyler was listed as Babe. Once Denali proved she was willing to do his bidding, Tyler wanted to see how far he could push her. He had wanted her to murder the teenager she'd assaulted, but she hadn't, so he suggested that he find someone else to kill. When Denali balked at the suggestion, Tyler said he'd pay her $9 million. But also, she had sent him child porn, so unless she did what he said, he'd turn her over to the police. So Denali was going to kill someone. She contacted Caden McIntyre and some other local guys, 19-year-old Caleb Leyland and two other males who were never identified by name. She told them if they helped her, she'd split the nine million with them. At first, Denali and her posse had a person in mind besides Cynthia, but when it came down to it, Cynthia was a much easier target. As Cynthia's dad said, her disability just made her want to have friends. And after years of hanging out with Denali, why would she be suspicious of her best friend asking her to hang out one day? During that summer, Cynthia had been studying with a post-high school skills program, was hoping to get her learner's permit in the next few months, and of course was working with her dad. It would be a nice treat to relax with Denali. On June 2nd, Caden borrowed Caleb's car and picked up Denali and Cynthia. Earlier in the day, Denali had texted Tyler that she was going to buy some weed for that night because, quote, I want to get her high for it so she can't fight me. It doesn't seem like this was Cynthia's first experience with pot. Once the truth came out, no one mentioned that she was scandalized at the idea of it. She was just happy to be going on a hike with Denali and that weird younger guy, Caden. The other two took her to Thunderbird Falls, a popular trail in Anchorage that has a forest of birch trees and a 200-foot waterfall. A little way into the trail, they took a break, and Denali said she had a fun idea. She'd seen some kids on the internet posting pictures of themselves with their arms and legs duct-taped. Wouldn't it be so funny if they took pictures like that? We don't know how wary or not wary Cynthia was about this funny idea, but she ended up going first. The other two wound duct-tape around her arms and legs, but when they put some of the tape over Cynthia's mouth, she started to panic. Denali took the tape off Cynthia's face, and Cynthia said she was going to call the police and tell them Denali and Caden had kidnapped and raped her. Now it was the others' turn to panic. Caden claims that once he took the gun from Denali, he blacked out. He doesn't remember shooting Cynthia in the back of the head or helping Denali dump the body into Thunderbird Falls. Once the body had been dumped, however, Denali and Caden were oddly calm. They texted Cynthia's dad that she had been dropped off at the park near her house, then took Cynthia's purse, clothes, IDs, and the murder weapon, and buried them. Then they got into the borrowed car and drove away. Just like with the other assault, Denali sent Tyler updates over Snapchat, which he considered her present to him. It was his 21st birthday. But soon after Denali and Caden drove away from the trail, Denali seemed to realize the gravity of what she'd done. In a video posted to Snapchat, Denali said, I'm so sorry, everybody, my family, my friends. 
I guess you'll hear from me when you hear from me, but I won't be back for a long time. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. She had meant to do it, though. She'd done it for Tyler. Though whether it was because she loved him or because he was blackmailing her depends on who you ask. Surprisingly, Tyler seemed to feel some kind of regret shortly after the murder. He texted Denali, I wish I never made a deal with you. I don't even deserve you. I still want kids, but I can't because I have a child porn fetish I'm trying to get over. I can never get help or be in a relationship. Denali asked if they could meet, and he texted back, We can, but once I see a cop, I'm telling them I made you rape people and kill Cece. It seems this had all become too real for Tyler, and he was ready for it to be over. And it would be soon. Cynthia's body was found on June 4th, two days after her murder. She was still wrapped in duct tape. The only positive thing is that it doesn't seem Cynthia was sexually assaulted, even though she was naked. It didn't take long for the police to figure out who was involved. Denali had told Cynthia's dad that she was with her the night she disappeared, and on Denali's phone, the police found communication with Caden and Caleb, the guy whose car they had borrowed. They also found what would amount to 60,000 printed pages of communication between Denali and Tyler. So you might be asking, who's the catfish in this story? Well, Denali, or Angel as she was known to Tyler, thought she was dating a good-looking young millionaire from Kansas. Turns out Tyler was actually a prematurely balding young guy named Darren Schillmiller who was not, shocker, anywhere near being a multimillionaire. But Denali didn't believe she was being catfished until she was shown a picture of Darren. Once she realized she had been lied to, she admitted to everything. She and Darren were charged with first-degree murder, first-degree conspiracy to commit murder, and possession and distribution of child pornography. Caden and Caleb were each charged with second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. The other two guys involved, who I assume were minors since their names have never been released, were also charged, but we don't know what with. All of them pleaded not guilty. Cynthia's funeral was held on June 13, 2019. The trial for her killers was postponed twice, finally taking place on April 28, 2020. Each perpetrator was found guilty of all charges. For Denali and Darren, that means at least 99 years in prison. When interviewed by the media, Denali's older sisters say they don't think Denali's past is to blame for her actions. They believe that Denali's adoptive parents gave her every opportunity to break the cycle of abuse and poor choices, and she never took them. They said they were devastated by their sister's crimes and would not be reaching out to her. Thanks for checking out Hooked this week. We'll be back next week with a new story. But for right now, you can find me on social media on Twitter at HookedPodcast1, that's the number one at the end, on Instagram at HookedPodcast, and on Facebook at HookedThePodcast. Also, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what I'm doing, head on over to patreon.com slash hookedthepod, where you can get access to early episodes and regularly released bonus episodes. Again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.